We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ah, hi, 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 hi. What is going on, people? Welcome back to more esports talk. Hello, mm. Zan. Hello, Jakey boy. You know uh. what? It's wild how almost the way you hype yourself up to get started is somehow still weirder than the way you actually start at times. Yeah, you know, sometimes when you're like, this is a, a weird time because we uh-huh. record for a little bit, so I got to get hyped up before we get into the... I don't want to start ever a video, but just be like, hey, guys. Welcome back to the Esports hey, Rewind podcast. It could, be, it could be nice to mix it up every now and again. Okay, start start off with some AS, ASMR. We get real close to my Now nah, you've lost yeah. it already. <laughs> anyway, we hope you guys are all doing well. Welcome back to the Esports Rewind, the uh, weekly esports and gaming podcast where me and Zan break down our top stories from the past week. As per usual, we hope you guys all do enjoy. If you want to leave a comment down below on your favorite story, hey, Maybe we'll, we'll mention your comment next video. Uh, Zan, as per usual, you want to roll with it? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we got some sick stories. Here's the first one. All right, Xanifer, uh, again, another hot topic we usually talk about on this channel is the likes of 100 Thieves and FaZe Clan of course, and of course. Nade Shot and the like of other hot terms out there. This one's going to revolve all around FaZe Clan and something that we discovered this week which has been around for some time, mm-hmm. but it kind of is now very, very public. And uh, I think I'm pretty proud to say that we are, you know, of the news outlets out there, the only ones really talking about it. Mm-hmm. A super cool thing, though, because you and me, we go back and forth on phase every time I bring them up. You know, we, we call them out for the bad things and we praise them for the good things. And I think it's pretty fair when we cover yeah, them. Yeah, I'd say we tend to be fair in general, relatively speaking, yeah. when talking about orgs anyway. I think we yeah. try our best to be, and that's yeah. that's all we can really do. And again, another thing that FaZe is doing very well that we just talked about last week was the first known esports organization, at least in my my very small book to the scene, uh, to now be signing players, or signing, I'm doing my little quotations for anyone who's listening on audio, they are now actually bringing in members, or have been for quite some time, without paying them. And the way I want to title this one is, yes, FaZe is actually 
the first known esports organization to me, and I'm sure there are many out there, or at least a few out there who do mm -hmm. some smaller signings, but to a large extent, they have actually brought on a bunch of content creators and they pay them in clout. And I don't like, I never like using that word, but no. it, may, it just, with FaZe it is because they have the clout house and everyone knows when it comes to FaZe, they, they hey, know you, what clout you can't, is. You can't avoid the word. It's it's I, part of the dictionary at this point. If you're between I, the ages, if yeah, if you're yeah. between like 11 and 26 and you hear the word clout, I, I guarantee a, a good portion of those people probably think also of FaZe Clan. But mm. uh, despite all of that, yeah, we actually uh, broke the news this past weekend. It was a girlfriend of a former member. You love the connection there. Just getting mad for no reason. <laughs> but I found it funny because when it was the girlfriend, you see all the replies because instantly people are like, oh yeah, you, uh, uh, any, sorry, I probably should define that. Uh, it's actually a, it's a girlfriend of a former phase member known as Yellow. He's a Fortnite content creator. She took to Twitter to say, um, to respond to someone and say, you should not join phase because they don't pay their players. And so instantly the replies are like, oh, like, cause, cause you know, her, his financials, a, a bunch of disbelief. Uh -huh. um, and then uh -huh. with some quick research, you actually find out literally all I went to is because I remember the video go to YouTube and search why I left FaZe Clan or just um, you know troubles with FaZe Clan and FaZe Swan a current member he has not left he admits that he mm -hmm. amongst others and himself especially does not have a contract with FaZe and does not get paid by FaZe which it, it means what it is guys yes these people will come on to FaZe because of the clout the name the popularity and FaZe becomes an esports organization that no longer has to pay people mm -hmm. to do work technically for them which it, it blows my mind and maybe maybe not so much for you. I don't know. I've, I feel like this has been something that people have vaguely talked about for a while because it, there's no feasible way that FaZe pays all the people that are in yeah. FaZe. That's just not Dozens and reasonable. A lot of creators, a lot of players. Yeah, and FaZe's name is definitely worth its weight in gold mm -hmm. just for the connections and for the people, the circles you're immediately moving in just because you're part of FaZe. Yeah. Like if you think about it, I think FaZe probably has the most outward connections of any esports or org when it comes to the general entertainment and media industry. I would agree with that, and I yeah. don't even think it's close. Yeah, we have a lot absolutely. of hardcore FaZe fans that follow us. They share right. with us a lot of information out there. Um, obviously, it's between FaZe and 100 Thieves, but right. uh, yeah, when it comes to outward connections to mm -hmm. just entertainment in general, mm -hmm. I don't think it's even close. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. When it comes for having an esports org name be worth its weight in gold, FaZe has proven time and time again it's them, and they prove that even further by its official they actually bring on people just paying them with putting FaZe in front mm -hmm. of their name. I'll close on this. If you were to give me three esports organizations, including FaZe, right. so I guess just two others who uh -huh. could also do this, they could actually bring on content creators or maybe some, some lower tier players without having to pay them just based off the clout and popularity, who else would it be? Ooh, right now, I'd say 100 Thieves is a little bit too young for that right really? now. Really? Yeah. I'd say, I, I would yeah. say 100 Thieves. I, 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 and I know why you would, and I kind of I see where you're coming from on that, but at the same time, I think it wouldn't be a smart move to not get paid at all from 100 Thieves quite yet yeah. because they are so new. Okay. You know, and we still haven't seen how things will really pan out, how those partnerships really work. Although I, I love 100 Thieves, I have a lot of faith in them, right? Yeah. Um, I think... In terms of like orgs right now, I'd say maybe like the really storied ones like Cloud9 or like Liquid okay. or something to use them as like a, a board to bounce off of for like a future career somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You know? uh, I think I'm right there with you. Just a tiny little tweak. I would mm -hmm. say I don't know if Cloud Nine is is there, but again, we don't. It's hard to judge these numbers. Yeah, I would say Phase Number One. I would have said Hundred Thieves. I, mm -hmm. but again, you. We never know. And I would say third liquid as well. I think mm. they're just kind of high up there. Um, so, yeah, those are our top three esports organizations we think could pay their players just strictly with their name alone. 
What do you guys think? All right, Jake. So a couple months back on this very podcast, <laughs> I mentioned an F1 esports racer who managed to beat an actual F1 racer, like a real one, in a racetrack, you know, event, you know, in a real car and everything, right? Yep. And people were hyped about it. People were like, oh, this is wild to see. And now we have an F1 esports pro who's officially joining an F1, an F1 racing team. Dang. And going to compete in an actual event. Like actual F1. Actual F1. there's a lot of Fs, I do believe. No, yeah, yeah. This one is actual F1 in an official F1 weekend. What the? All yeah. coming from simulated driving. Yeah, coming from simulated driving. That's wild. So if yeah. anyone didn't catch that, we talked about it a while back. So this this uh, pro uh, in simulating, like, so it's, mm. it's racing, but simulated. He actually had taken down on a real track. A real F1 driver. Yeah, real F1 driver. And now driving. he's translating that to real life, where he is it. Oh, is this, it, this isn't this isn't the same person. This is an entirely is different, a different person. person. Yeah, yeah. That's freaking so. Yeah, the uh, the old guy was uh, Enzo Bonito. This guy's his name is Igor Fraga, and so he's now taking his his virtual simulated racing exactly. career to the real track. Uh huh. That's really tough to imagine any other esport having to yeah, work exactly. like that. I, I mean, think because there's not many. I think it couldn't work with in any other sport in general. And I besides, was we talked it. about e-cycling, which kind of well, <laughs> is cycling like kind of went back and forth. Yeah, yeah. I this don't think cycling, be a cycling and F1 not really I'm on the same level. I'm just trying to make the connection here. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I feel that. But anyway, it, it, it is worth noting that this isn't like the, this isn't the first time this guy has ever been in a car. He has raced okay, in yeah. cars before. I, I would hope yeah, so. Like, <laughs> he touched the e-wheel and then the real wheel. And just took off. <laughs> so he has experience on a race. Yeah, yeah, he has competed in prior racing like tournaments and stuff, but all like smaller events. Not, of course, F1 is the big leagues of like professional racing. It's baffling how yeah. big leagues F1 is. Yeah, yeah, it is like I'd say almost like if there was like a tier above the NFL. F1 it, would be it with for how racing. select it is. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if there's many traditional sports that can mm -hmm. even match that with how select yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a very competitive mm -hmm. like uh, sport to be in, and just reading about this guy and what it, what he did to get here made me start thinking: Is racing in F1 esports actually the best way currently for a standard average person to maybe start a career as an actual F1 racer pro? And it's looking like it just might be. Because apparently it is beyond expensive to become like an F1 racer. Yeah, like you have. Yeah. Again, I'm speaking out of my arse, but I, mm. you know, from what I've seen, I've watched the F1, uh, the uh, F1 Netflix documentary, uh -huh. which was sick. It was an entire season, um, and yeah, you pretty much, I would say, in most cases, you have to come from wealth. Oh yeah, absolutely. You have to come from wealth, or you have to have huge wealth backing you. Yeah, huge connections. Yeah, mm -hmm. you have to be one of the best as a young a youngster get back to you. Yeah. it takes a lot, mm -hmm. a lot more than being an esports pro takes usually. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I was just reading a story about this other guy named Rudy Van Buren who began who raced in carts at eight, right? Had to drop out of racing entirely at sixteen because it was too expensive. Apparently, just the uh, the carts uh, the cart stage is like the lead up to competing in like professional racing. Yeah, apparently just getting your foot in the door there just getting good enough there to break your way into the pro scene can cost an average family like in the realm of about seven hundred thousand dollars holy nuts dude <laughs> right i'll see you in 20 years <laughs> that legit would be oh my and that's God. the entry that's not even oh i'm in f1 this is like i'm trying to be there yeah like 700k and to be the actual F1 process, the all the training, the travel, the yeah. equipment, that can cost up, uh, around like ten million. 
Not, not obviously uh, not that exact number for everybody, but that was the estimate. So it'd be millions. For, yeah, it is. Set, to get all the way, extremely expensive. Yeah, I mean, yes, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's no, yeah. But now this Rudy Van Buren, he's racing for McLaren as part of their oh, simulated whoa, team. Okay. Yeah, he got he got he got picked up as part of their esports wing. Yeah. Yeah, and now he's he's still racing just simulated, but. You know, I think that's amazing that racers can actually have a chance to compete with these top teams, because all of the top teams in F1, they all have an esports team. Really, all ten of them. Okay, interesting. I yeah. mean, it just—I feel like it does make sense not only from a financial aspect, but if you want to kind of try and get this young talent in there, a mm. lot of the driving is also very, very technical with the systems in the car. Right. Uh, obviously, it's a huge physical strain, I'm sure, as well. But mm. you know, you can you can learn a lot of it in a simulated car as well and then to add on to the financial stuff is on top of that the safety right mm-hmm. as you, oh yeah for sure i mean that that's a huge thing obviously only gotten better but uh, you know even to add further to financials if you do wreck on your way up which i imagine mm-hmm. a lot of drivers during those many many years will have a chance to have a wreck not only are you avoiding injury to a certain extent but you're also avoiding the cost of having yeah to that, that financial that. burden yeah like yeah especially if you're like renting the car because i imagine most people don't own the cars yeah, that they initially not. train in right it'd be terrifying yeah right but it's it's wild to think there is an actual F one game that they officially use. They're yeah. like, this is the one that is regulation, and that game is like it's a standard video game. It's sixty bucks on a console to play it. Yeah, and that's that's an easy barrier of entry for anybody who's interested in competing. It's gonna be super wild it's to wild. see in the future how many drivers you know, let's say ten to fifteen years from now, are gonna mm-hmm. be coming from F one simulated. I think we're gonna see more and more. Because even I, like current F1 pros have been, I've been when I was reading about, it, I found a lot who were like, "Yeah, I go home and I play Sims." I was gonna say, yeah. in their free time, what are they gonna do? Probably, you know, what we do in our free time. Yeah, yeah, they they were just like, "Why would I get in the car <laughs> and like do when all I this can dangerous go nonsense?" To my basement. Yeah, and just be chilling. Yeah. and racing. Dang, F1 esports on the come up. We'll see how many yeah. drivers a decade from now have come from the video game version. We out here. And before our next topic, everybody, a quick shout out to this week's sponsor, Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all things sports and esports. March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day are all right around the corner. Bet Online has you covered for your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. The best part when you sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus, the Wilder Fury rematch goes down this Saturday night. We can't think of a better way to wager on the fight than doing it with actual free money. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus and your first deposit. It's super easy, and if you're already into sports and esports betting, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word when you sign up at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now let's get back into the podcast. All right, Xanifer, probably a quick one here, but a little checkup because you check up mm, on right, Stadia. Right. So I'm going to check up a bit on the Mixer game. Oh, let's do it. I mean, it's just, it, we would probably keep this fairly quick because, uh, yes, there's still Mixer haters out there. I think even the haters of me hating on Mixer are kind of fading away because they realize they haven't made a move. Yeah, they have been really quiet. Time. Yeah, you know, The last one I remember actually being Ewok, and I thought they were going to make more progressive moves of smaller tier streamers after that. And we've seen a lot of things go quiet. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just not really sure where this is going to go, especially we've talked to our camera guy, Pete, about this. No official numbers because tracking that stuff is still very difficult. We've seen Ninja kind of retain the same. Shroud's actually growing again, but you know those two have actually grown to the point where they are your biggest streamers on the platform, mm-hmm. um, or at least two of the three, and they're almost kind of combating with each other to try and see who can hold the, the most right. viewers I between imagine, them. Yeah, it's a limited audience, so you yeah. only have so many people. 
who can potentially be watching your stream. I mean, yeah, I, talking to other people, they put it in a great way. Just like you said, you have a fixed audience right now. It's proven that the audience on Mixer is not really growing. And so you have a set amount of viewers every single day. And so, yeah, your top streamers are now competing to keep those. And they have not reached numbers that are anywhere showing too much of a growth sign. So it certainly is confusing. And especially when we kind of relate it to a couple other things, the first of, of which is actually... Uh, who else is going to be joining? Because Pokimane, I think, is an example I've used time and time again. Mm -hmm. She had a big announcement several months ago. It still has nothing has come yet, and I swear, I, my own my own innards is saying that it's going to be a mixer announcement. But she saw this kind of stuff and was thinking, I don't know if it's worth me going. Yeah, there. I don't know. I don't know if mixer would have been the move for Pokimane specifically. Yeah, we, we've know? seen a bunch of people who belong to Loaded Agency, mm -hmm. and all we've seen ever since the latest mixer signing is more people re-signing to Twitch or going, or to, YouTube going to YouTube. Yeah, and nothing really else. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of draws the question: If you're a non-mixer streamer and you see these two big streamers not really doing much and kind of stagnating. Mm -hmm. What do you like? Where do you go, or do you stay? Yeah, I think at this point, a lot of streamers must be looking at the numbers that Ninja and Trout are getting, right, and looking at them as formerly the biggest people on Twitch, and where they're at right now, and they're thinking, okay, so realistically speaking, we haven't seen a ton of content creators be content creators for like a decade plus, right? Yeah, just because it is still a relatively it's new young. industry, right? And it is a very volatile industry Stream at the same time. So yeah, I just want yeah. to yeah, streamers and content creators. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Content creators have been around for a while, not necessarily the combination of both. Mm -hmm. And I imagine a lot of people are looking to secure themselves. So just in case something happens down the line, in case they, ha they hit a big scandal, a big like there's some kind of weird crash or whatever, and yeah. all of a sudden they're out all the money that they were making, they need to be stable. And mm -hmm. I don't think Mixer is looking like a very stable option unless they're getting paid like enormously by Microsoft's yeah, which, at the front door. Totally agree, which means Mixer's going to have to double dip and say, all right, we're going to re-go after some people, and we realize it's going to be mm. now, it's very obvious it's a risk. You know, before, I think when this first started happening, when Ninja first made the move, I mm. think a lot more people were thinking, this is it. This is the wave. It's going to yeah. shift, shift the tides. I mean, Mixer sounds good just on paper. Yeah. Like you say, oh, Microsoft's doing it. You say Microsoft, oh, huge company. They know what they're doing mm -hmm. in terms of streaming. They've got all this backing. They say, oh, we, we're fixing a lot of the problems Twitch has. We're thinking about new ways to pay people. Higher quality streams in yeah. most cases. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, they got, they got a lot of the qualities that Twitch has. Mm -hmm. And now ever since then, they've slowed the moves. The yeah. growth has stagnated. We've only seen people actually sign back to Twitch, or we've seen people go to Facebook. Mm. We've seen Caffeine trying to do their own thing with different people. And meanwhile, I don't know. More people aren't talking about this. Mixer has not said a single thing in a long, long time. And we've only the last time we talked about Mixer was actually controversy of like view bots mm. and people kind of manipulating the Spark system. And so I don't know about your timeline. We'll end on this. You yeah. know, give me a timeline at the maximum from now, today, that you're actually going to be very, very worried that Mixer is just not going to survive? Like, who do they have to sign in a certain period of time? Or what do they have to do in the next six months? I don't think it's about signing people at this point. I think we know that that does not work. That signing signing creators does not bring cre uh, the fans of those creators necessarily over to their new platform. Mm -hmm. um, I think at this point, they need <clears throat> to focus on adding features to Mixer. They need to focus on... They need to just grab a list of what do people dislike about Twitch and YouTube and just fix all of that, put it on Mixer, and then add like an extra incentive for people to at least have a Mixer account, if not using it actively. 
Like I, I think I've said before on the podcast, make make some kind of partnership with Game Pass, which is another Microsoft property. Game Pass is doing amazingly mm -hmm. right, right now, like literally millions of people using it. So if you can say like, hey, we'll tie in to your Game Pass subscription, throw on another three bucks or whatever, yeah. and you get Mixer and tie that into the games on Game Pass, like get some integration going there. They and need I think that. There's, there's potential. I think if we don't see something like that, some kind of big, huge push to really bring new people to Mixer. Would you say this year's the year? I'd say I'd give it like one more year after this year. Okay. I'd say if by the end of 2021, it's it's kind of donezo from there. Because then by then, I think Huya will be over here. Oh, yeah. And Huya and will we're going to be in a weird time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a... <laughs> These next two years are going to be crazy. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll end on that. Is I, I agree. We've talked about it before. They need an equivalent of a Twitch Prime mm -hmm. uh, to support not only the creators, but also want people to go over there because they're no longer having to pay to you know get all the access that they get for free on Twitch with uh, their Twitch Primes. Um, but also when it comes to clipping and, VOD and VODs, they, they don't do that very well yet. Mm -hmm. And so that's got to be, I mean, their clipping feature still is, to me, not even close to what Twitch gets. Um, so we'll see how it goes. And then we have, then you throw in a whole other oddball of YouTube. It's going to be a next two years of really, really weird, weird features when it comes to comparing all these streaming platforms. We will see if Mixer can bounce back in the next year or two. All right, Jake, this is going to be another relatively quick topic, Rel uh, you know, relatively speaking, of course. And <laughs> I feel like we start out every story like that. Yeah, well, at, le at least you one or two know. per podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, we've talked a lot back and forth on loot boxes and their impact on the gaming community and whether or not we should have them in games mm -hmm. and what are the potential negative ramifications of taking them out of games. Yeah. And I think we saw something incredibly important over the past week or so when it comes to loot boxes and the fact that Activision Blizzard had a financial call where they revealed that actually taking loot boxes out of Modern Warfare helped the game enormously from a sales perspective. Oh, and player yes, engagement. I guess, yeah, because yeah. I remember you bring this up when it yeah. first had happened, and then we did see those changes, and now they are reporting record-breaking sales for this, or uh, in-game purchases for this latest game of Modern Warfare. Mm -hmm. but continue. Yeah, this is there's the, a lot to talk about. Yeah, there is, of course. Yeah, this is the first Call of Duty game in a while that hasn't had loot boxes and has been like relatively transparent mm -hmm. about where what all the microtransactions are, yeah. and how to pay for them and how to get them, and as a result. Uh, Activision Blizzard is saying people are more interested in the game overall. They're more engaged with the game. They're more engaged with the battle pass and the Everworth loot box systems. Yeah. And they're just saying all around, across the board, it's been good for the game, for the health of the game. And I think this is incredibly important because that's the only thing that will speak to the problematic people who just care about money, like the huge executives. If they see, hey, we can potentially make more money by not having loot boxes, then it's more incentive, incentive to not have them as opposed to some government entity being like, we don't like you putting gambling in games. I've, but there's so many different angles on this on why it mm. could also be. You know, it's the first time a game the game has also gone across platforms, so that increased mm. popularity. First time it's going to have a franchise league behind it competitively, so that can maybe bring more eyes and with it more. Oh yeah, definitely. Base. Which is why I would say like, if it was just sales, I would dis disregard this altogether, right? I think it's the player engagement that really speaks to. Like you know how how this has helped the, the health of the game. Yeah, and I yeah. and we'll see if they actually continue this because obviously sales being so good, we'll see. I, will we ever see loot boxes again in, in Call of Duty? I think it would be unlikely. Probably not. I, I want to say unlikely. I, I, with I how would, well they did it. Yeah, I think they're going to drop the concept now. If they're making more, if they're making comparable amounts of money and they're making more actually, then I would say they have no reason to add loot boxes back. Yeah, I. 
Will they be problematic in other ways? They'll find they'll find a way. They take away loot boxes, but then they make you pay twenty bucks to see your deaths again. So they find their ways to do it very very poorly, but it still works. Uh So as long as it's not loot boxes, I guess it's a bit of a a a better thing for the kids out there. So I can't argue. Uh huh. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying I like it. I still don't have a copy because I really can't. I can't support that game. But it's okay that you don't because every single update's another sixty gigs. Exactly. So I. It's really easy for four other games on my PC alone. (laughs) It's super easy for me to just be like, I'm just not gonna do that. Every time there's an update, I'm like, all right, what am I deleting today? No games. That's the exact conversation I have with all my friends every time an update comes out. When I'm just chilling on my computer, happy as can be. And they're like, ah, oh, dude, the gotta other, buy a new SSD. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, my third SSD for that. Yeah, single. yeah, right. Because every time an update comes out now, it actually trends on mm. the number of gigabytes. Oh yeah, yeah. There were eight thousand <laughs> tweets in the opening update yesterday, uh, a couple uh, last week for mm-hmm, you guys mm-hmm. that were just sixty-eight gigs. <laughs> it's like, what is? Like they're actually, but hey. If it's working out, if overall this means a better future for especially the youngins out there who mm. could get very, very much addicted to loot boxes, I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. If this is what, be, what is the first chip in the in the downfall of all loot boxes, I think every game's going to handle it differently because mm. COD is lucky enough to have a new game every year, and then we compare that to a game like CS:GO that has a, a yeah, we've always had it's consistent. Yeah. So, I think loot bo- CS:GO is going to drop it too at some point. I think Project A is going to make a lot of stuff drop loot boxes. We'll talk about that some other time. Yeah, Project yeah. A is a whole other whirlwind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Call of Duty loot boxes, they're gone for now. Will yeah. they be gone in the future? <laughs> Freaking A, Zan. You ended the last topic with the one I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. Okay, for sure, for sure. This isn't the topic of yours, is it? Uh, it is, but we can just wrap it up in one big topic. Why not? Frick, yeah. The hype around yeah. Project A, uh-huh. my man. Okay, yeah. Oh, let me ask you. Let's open up with this. I'm mm. going to bounce off the question. Then we, I guess we could discuss very lightly the very few details we know. Conspiracy theory time, Zan. Do, do you think that all of these people, there are only a few at first, a few more now, that are coming out about the game, do you think any of them were paid to take to Twitter about this kind of stuff? I've only heard a few I people don't, say I don't think it. they were paid, but at the same time, I kind of don't put a lot of stock in what they have to say. If okay. that makes Why? sense. Because these are not the people, the people who are coming out and saying, hey, I played this game, I love it, like Henry G, like Henry G said, I trust Henry. best game since CSGO, right? The people who I'm looking to hear from are the people that I know have a much broader like breadth of experience in playing games. Okay. Because if I if somebody says best game since CS:GO, I'm like, have you not played video games for the past five years, my guy? Like CS:GO is great. CS:GO is the number one FPS, and this new game's an FPS. So I take his judgment fairly heavy. Yeah, I think I think it's like it's fair it's fair to say that he really likes the game and I, I'm not going to completely throw that com- comments like that in the trash, of course, but at the same time I would like to hear from some other people who have a little bit more broad range of like in-depth experience. And I don't know if these people have that. I'm just saying like from having seen their stuff for a very long time, tons of years, these aren't the people who I would look to for like overall impressions on a new game. I guess I would agree. Obviously, I think the the competitive player, and, you know, mm. Henry, I would say, is borderline a competitive player, but especially from different backgrounds, right? right, right. I would love to see, like, a, a Henry G from Overwatch, mm. from Fortnite, uh, from COD, from Apex. I would love to see them all dissect and come together and mm. share opinions. And obviously, this project being backed by Riot Games and Tencent already creates this Yeah, that, that builds hype. the hype for, for no reason. I mean, because... We haven't seen anything. <laughs> to be fair, like, we haven't seen Squat. Yeah. We have seen Calm suck. down. Like, have Breathe. You seen, you've seen the initial gameplay. <laughs> yes, before. I have. And it was trash, but Henry made it sound like this game was God mode. Yeah, which and, is exactly why I'm like, I get it. The footage we saw was very light. 
right? So I of thought course, it sucked. Yeah, it's, but it's I'm biased like... as frick because I'm so angry at it sometimes <laughs> the, pe- the things that people say about this game uh-huh, before uh-huh. all we have seen besides that initial gameplay mm. is words. See, yeah, exactly. Which is why when and everybody are like going pro, which is why I'm like, my guys, what like. Look at some other video games for five seconds and then look at what we're looking at with Project A right now and tell me <laughs> tell me that you're more hype about Project A God. than like ten other games coming out this year. Imagine like we we took someone outside of esports, they've mm. never played a single video game, mm. we put Smite in front of them and call and label it Project A. <laughs> they might have the same tweets that Henry Henry G did. Oh yeah. Obviously absolutely. changed a few of the words. Yeah. This is incredible. Like, yeah, if I if I showed my mom Project A, she'd be like, Oh wow, Pokemon's come a long way. Yeah, right? Like I don't I, I totally get where you're coming from, yeah. and I think a lot of people watching, they want it to work out well, and so mm-hmm. do we. Yeah, of course. I would love it if Project A was great. This could I be don't, huge for yeah. us, for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, this could be going to be a weird time, Zan. Another yeah. topic for another time. Like, mm-hmm. you and me, like, we cover esports news. Imagine, for the first time, I guess you could maybe throw Fortnite in there, mm-hmm. kind of a world changer, but we have a project backed by Riot Games and Tencent that we could see take over the esports scene in some way, you know, join, like, the top four or five games. Right. And we finally have pros who've existed in other esports leaving for Project A. And we're going to be here for the wake of it. So we yeah. obviously want it to work out, too, because mm-hmm. it's going to be a weird time. It'll be interesting, though, to see how it works. I mean, everything Riot is saying, all, you, you said earlier, all we've seen is words so far. Yes. And thankfully, Riot is saying all the right things. <clears throat> but at the same time, I don't know if we can really... I love how they're saying very little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can appreciate it's that. It's not them. Mm-hmm. It's just other people. Uh-huh. I, I do, I do, so I do wish that like we could see a little bit more, and I understand where Riot isn't showing more. And I'm but, sure we will very. I'm sure we will soon. Yeah, yeah, sooner rather than later, at least. But I just, it's just like this is Riot doesn't make FPS games. We need to remember that for a second. <laughs> they, think, think about how how like buggy and how much of a mess Modern Warfare is from a company that's made FPS games for like. Decades. Yeah, exactly, right? Now and imagine Riot's a just, MOBA, who, uh-huh. albeit runs the number one esport in the world, right. that is what they do. Uh-huh. And of course, it's not like the League of Legends people are just c- swapping over to another computer and being like, okay, now I'm making an FPS. Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously they, they bring the right talent. Yeah, right? But, but like a, a studio, it's not. that's not their bread and butter. Yeah. So we got to take what they're saying with a grain of salt when they're saying, like, hey, we're just going to be better than everybody. Like, are you, though? I don't know, man. I, like, I do yeah. get giddy about it, though, because, mm-hmm. like, it's for the first time for us on the channel, like we know that when Project A comes out and the pro scene starts, like we'll be covering it mm-hmm. and we'll be covering something from the ground up, which is always like super exciting. No, oh, yeah. And uh, it's it's just words now, but I, I really do hope it works out and we'll see. Absolutely. We'll end on this Slasher's tweet. The fact that he said it would be the number one FPS in the world compared to Call of Duty and CSGO and the likes of, like, Fort, I guess if Fortnite's kind of like an FPS as well. Mm-hmm. By 2021, mm-hmm. Slasher, my God, we've seen worse. See, Is yeah. it even going to be out in 2021? I think I, think I kind of, and let me preface by saying I usually don't like, agree with Slasher on anything. I really you don't. You are not going to agree I with this man right like now. I don't like Slasher, okay? I do, I do. We, we, I'm we not a fan. Each other out. Yeah. Um, but I can agree with what he's saying to a certain extent because, of course, this this this, seems, this sounds like a standard. Let me be like you know super controversial, hyperbolic slasher tweet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, I mean, I had the same thought when looking at Project A in terms of like in comparison to Call of Duty and Fortnite and everything else. And R six and CS. Yeah, just based off of what we've heard about it, right? If, if it's free, if it's 
if everything is true and it's actually free to play, first of all, that's huge, right? A game being free means it instantly has a huge boat, like huge boost over any game, even if even yep. the game is cheap. That's big, right? That's huge. And the potential for Project A to expand to other regions outside of the outside of the United States and get that global audience that is, is where this that's could the be key nuts. because. All the other games have audiences elsewhere, of course, right? There are people in Japan that play Call of Duty like, like Mad Men, but, but obviously, it's very segregated yeah. competitively, mm -hmm. especially when it comes it's to the completely different. Yeah, Project A because it's being built from the ground up like this by, especially with Tencent involved, then it very well could find a footing across the world, which no other game really has yet. It's of course this all relies on Riot doing a good job, and who knows if they will. Albeit, though, mm. no other real like huge gaming company has the ties that Riot has with Tencent mm. being their backer. You know, right. instantly you you garner you know the American, European, and Asian market. Mm. And so, yes, I understand why people are hyped about this. Uh, I, it's it's very well ended on this. Yeah. It's crazy to me that uh, Riot runs the biggest and the number one esport in the world by everyone's regard, and they are now trying to do the equivalent in a different genre. And so we'll see if they can live up to the hype because that is just like, that's exciting. Like it, it yeah, is yeah. Exciting. It's, it's exciting, but at the same time, it's like... It's a high expectation. I wish they had just waited and just been like, wait until they have something to show and yeah. be like, this is, this is the game. Here it is, guys. Oh, we'll I would have appreciated that. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Riot, I'm, I almost said, ten, I'm kind of scared <laughs> to say Tencent. Riot, don't let us down. <laughs> All right, Xanifer, give them the closing, closing case. Uh, first of all, thank you all for watching, though, by the yeah, way. We appreciate um, you. We really do appreciate you guys, especially when it comes time for the same day, same time every single week here at the Esports Rewind Podcast. Zan, hit him with a spiel. All right, as always, if you'd like to listen to the Esports Rewind Podcast on the go, on your phone, you know, <laughs> in the car, you can always find us in the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network right here on the desk. That's Prediction, P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N. Shout out to all of our audio listeners. We love and appreciate you. If you want to check out some daily esports news, because we, we grind, we put out stuff every day, you know, you can find us at Esports Talk on YouTube. We're also at Talk underscore Esports sports on Twitter. Always DMs open. Feel free to just say hey, or if you have a story to share, by all means, we'd love to hear it. You can also find us on Instagram at esports underscore talk. That's popping now. We share some of our biggest stories of the day there. So, you know, you can just check in through IGTV. And, you know, as we said last week, big things coming where, you know, as I'm sure you guys have noticed, we got the respawn Ooh. chair chilling over here. We're doing oh, a yes. couple other big things very soon. For anyone listening, uh, thanks to respawn, we... Mm. We can't stress enough that big things are coming, and we appreciate you guys. Uh, yeah, we really do. It's going to be a – I know we say it all the time. It's going to be a weird year or two for us. So mm -hmm. let's keep it going. Is that is that everything you had to say there, Zane? Yeah, might as well be. I mean, aside from the thanks, – thank, thanks, everybody, for listening. All the comments have always been super supportive. Y'all seem to enjoy what we do, so we'll keep doing it. Yeah, and mm -hmm. for all you haters out there, keep on hating. We enjoy you too. <laughs> Until next time, guys, welcome. Uh, welcome. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the Esports <laughs> Welcome, Rewind. welcome the at the up. end of the podcast. Like, I hope you enjoyed the Esports <laughs> Welcome Rewind. to the Esports Rewind. <laughs> anyway, we'll see you guys back here next time. Bye, nerds. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24 7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, 
for the ones who get it done. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.